Hey, welcome, welcome. Jenny Van here with Heartfelt Awakening. We are all about aligning body, breath, and spirit. And on today's episode, we have with us Miche Meisner from the Spoon Benders Cafe. And we have been so excited to have this conversation today. I have to tell you a little bit about Miche. Um, we met in a group for uh, women entrepreneurs who who have a business on the heartfelt side. And we began to talk and we started talking about mind over matter and bending a spoon. And in sharing Miche spoon bending, I was able to actually bend a spoon. Do you remember that, Miche? Yes, absolutely. And are you in the call? Let me see, make sure... You are not in the call. So let's dial let's dial Miche in so that we can have a wonderful conversation and about spoon bending. And you know, I, I talked a little bit to Miche and you know this um our ability to overcome is just so powerful. And I'm just looking at our website right here as she's getting ready to call in uh, so that she can talk to us. But on her website, which is the Spoon Benders Cafe, um, the spoonbenderscafe.com. Hey, Mite, how are you? You want to turn off your, um, you want to mute yourself on the uh, Zoom side there. Very cool. Beautiful. Perfect, perfect. Yes, I can hear you perfectly. All right. So, you know, when these, the podcast is about aligning body, breath, and spirit. And Nietzsche, tell me, darling, today's episode is how bending a spoon can change your life. Tell me, how did you get on this path to, to spoon bending? Oh, okay. So I should start that over. I or I'm so, sorry. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of a um, a little bit of backlash. Cannot hear you. Oh, thank you. Somebody's letting me know that they can't hear you. <laughs> Can you okay. hear them now, darling? What? Sorry. <laughs> We've got so much technology things going on. Okay, so I'm muted. And but you can hear me. Yes. Yes. Deb says, thank you, Deb, darling. Deb says she can hear you now. So on this Ben Booning. booning. (laughs) (laughs) I've done that in the middle of a video. Yep. (laughs) Bending spoons. I got to tell you, uh, Miche, when we talked that one time and um, you told me a little bit about, you know, how to bend a spoon, you got to get, got to get yourself out of the way. Right. And so this was a Tuesday. I remember this. This was a Tuesday. And so I got myself a thick spoon from the silverware drawer, and I could not bend it by myself. I mean, I I bent it and bent it. All right, this is a spoon that the person cannot bend, right? So it was Tuesday. I sat with it. I just sat with it and um, thinking about the spoon and no bending happening on Tuesday. So Wednesday, I did the same thing, just kind of sat with it. And there was no spoon bending on Wednesday. And Thursday, I sat with it and I could feel, I thought, you know, 
I'm going to use some cranial sacral therapy techniques. And so I sat just holding the spoon and I could almost feel where, well, actually I couldn't feel where I ended and the spoon began. So I just kind of sat with that a little bit. And then Thursday I was just sitting with it and holding the spoon and I could feel its energy. It could almost feel like I could make it longer, but I didn't bend it. I just sat with it and I almost felt like I could make it shorter so Thursday comes and goes, and then Friday, I'm sitting with it, and I could feel my mind, you know, the ego come in. The ego really wanted this. You know, the person, mm-hmm. Denny, really wanted this. But I knew it, was, it wasn't it was Denny who could do it. So I had to kind of let that go and, and put that off to the side and say, you know, the spoon bending is not for the human part of you. It's for the being, energetic part, Right. And so when I kind of let myself, exactly, when I kind of let myself go off to the side and I sat with it again, I felt the energy like little zaps of lightning going through my fingertips and I could, I could, I couldn't feel where I ended and the spoon began and where the spoon ended and all that stuff. And then I thought, you know, I, I wonder if I could bend the spoon and it just went and it bent just like that. And that's why I took a picture and sent it to you right away. It's like, oh, my yes, God, I love that. So, um, all right. Dad says uh, she can hear you loud and clear. So let's go back, Nietzsche, and, and tell okay. us how you got on this journey. Right. So, uh, well, I was always a curious child and um, interested in psychic and uh, hypnosis, metaphysical stuff. I used to read books even as like an 11-year-old about um, self-hypnosis and telekinesis. So it was a seed in the back of my mind. And then for years mainly, my my uh, focus was spiritual growth transformation, and that didn't really fit with spoons. So a spoon thing just sort of stayed to the side. And um, I wound up getting a spoon bending kit from someone who has a podcast similar to this where they you know, interview people who are savvy and growing in the spiritual and physical realm. And I tried it and it worked, but it didn't work for anybody else around me when I tried to you know, share it. And that was pretty frustrating. I was already sort of a misfit and a weirdo, so I just didn't want to increase that anymore. And I put it away again. A couple of years ago, I was teaching psychic skill building class and it just sort of popped into my head. What am I going to do tonight? Oh, I'm going to teach people how to bend spoons. So I ran out to Goodwill, got a dozen spoons, you know, sat down in the office with these people. And about half of the people who were there that night bent the spoon just within, you know, 10, 15 minutes of talking about it. And then from that and my own continued spoon bending, I realized it's an incredible tool uh, to learn about yourself, to learn about manifesting and you know all the things that that you were saying before about how you had to get the ego out of the way and had you had to allow something to happen those are all the things that we need to do when we're just creating our world uh, intently with intention and consciously Uh, but instead we tend to do the things that you first see when you bend a spoon which is all your beliefs and your limiting ideas about what can and can't be done, all your self-criticism, all the noise and monkey mind. And so it was about two, two and a half years ago that I really latched on to this as 
my tool, my tool of choice. And I've been I teaching webinars and had been ever since. So tell me, when you teach a webinar and somebody who is on this path, um, discovering this, this energetic side of them, so when you're teaching a webinar and you have somebody who might not be able to bend that spoon, you know, it's like, all right, I can't bend it. Where do you take them from there? Yeah, well, the first place I take them is that regardless of whether you bend the spoon or not does not mean that you're not also creating and manifesting all the time, that that is something that we innately have. And the idea is to get more conscious about it, more mindful about it. And so I love the spoon bending tool. It's not the only tool. And on some level, we don't need any tool. The tool is just to help understand maybe and and uh, try to produce some reproducible signals in our own being about how to get to where we want to go. Uh, so that's that's the first step. And then uh, I offer to work with them one-on-one and really see where, you know, is there some place in their thinking or, or in their, their being too tight or holding on to, you know, uh, the outcome, which is when you are determined to have an outcome, it, you're usually grabbing onto it, trying to control it, and you need to be loose and really get yourself out of the way, not get yourself into the way. So when we're talking about those things, you know, I'm actually helping coach them on how to be, you know, and, and to see what gets in their own way that is limiting their own possibility. And frequently, not always, but frequently somebody in that moment, like some light bulb goes off for them, like, oh, I get it. Like uh, one time I was saying that it's like there's, there's gaps between the molecules in the spoon, right? It's energy, we're energy, and you could try to find that gap between the molecules and bend it there. And my saying that just just hit something for her and she bent. Um, and like you were saying before about using the, your craniosacral therapy and your sense of that, your ability to feel, and that you were starting to, to feel the possibility of it stretching and moving, that was your way in. So that's other pieces that um, work for me. A lot of people can bend spoons, other people can't, other people don't want to, don't care about spoons. You know, so it's like to find your, what's your metaphor or what's your expertise that you are so even good at that it's just innate. You don't even realize that you're doing it with ease. And to take that and put that where you want it to go to create other things. I love this. And, you know, I think this is really how we got together because we really teach the same thing. You're using spoons as a way to kind of get the human out of the way because you talked about it's not thinking, it's not holding on to things, it's not the expectation of bending the spoon. It's really kind of getting away from those or opening up, as you said. It's like you opened up the way when you understand that it's energy and molecules, and it's not really the, the, the manifested already. It's not really the matter part that's bending the spoon. It's the larger part, and I teach that as human beings, our human part, and you were talking about the thinking part, the holding on to the outcome, and all of these things, 
is in constant movement, constant change. It's never the same. It's unstable. And it's the being part, the part that we can't use our five senses to detect, is the larger part, the powerful part, the energy part. And this is a wonderful tool. I loved it because I could feel Denny kind of getting out of the way and this opening and expanding part of me, the energy part of me, you know, you hear stories of um, an accident happening where, where a child gets under a car and a mother coming and literally lifting up the car and moving it out of mm-hmm. the way. It obviously wasn't the mother's human form that did it, it, but it was the larger part that allowed this to happen. And so when, when you started on this path, um, what got you on this spiritual path? What got you on here? There was pro- I talk with a lot of people, and sometimes there was a defining moment that mm-hmm. got you on the spiritual path. Can you talk about that? I can. I want to make one point that was coming up as we've just been talking about this last part. It's, you know, it's not getting, like, all of you out of the way. That's, I, that's not what you said, but I wanted to make the point that it is, our higher self, our larger self, working through our humanness and through our bodies. And what we're getting to the side is the personality who's got a lot of feelings about it one way or the other or judgments or whatever are going to, you know, stand there and and critique whatever you're trying to do. So it's that part that we're trying to step away from or to quiet down, you know, but... All of the identities that we have, yeah. Right. And it's... It's a collaboration between our higher self and energy, source energy, and our own physicality because we are using our hands, but we're using them to a degree that to create something that we couldn't create only with our hands. But we're also not just staring at the spoon and requesting that it bend. Well, I bet some people could do that. I haven't gone there yet. So (laughs) anyway, just, you know, uh, don't throw all of you out. You know, when you're trying to do this, you're very much supposed to be here as a human and just let wisdom come through and higher mind. So that being said, kind of leads into how did I get here? When I was um, four or five years old, I thought I was supposed to save the world. I'm not sure how I thought told me that, but I took it very seriously. They didn't give me any instructions or any clue as to what that looked like. And uh, between that and depression, and some gender issues, and just stuff. I was a pretty miserable young person into even well into adulthood. Uh, and part of it was because I felt like I w- I'm here to do something. And, I mean, I figured we're all here to have some purpose beyond just the day-to-day, you know, go to work, eat, go to bed kind of thing. And I just was searching all the time. And... uh Various religions didn't get it, do it for me. Uh, but when I started to hear, learn about, um, I guess, sort of like the science of mind, meditation, insight meditation, where you're really looking at who am I and that there is a connection, there's a direct connection between myself here and my soul or uh, my higher self, however you want to put it. That's what really fit for me uh, in terms of... Uh, a viewpoint and in terms of a, how to how to affect and create change in this world. I'm certainly not going to jump out and change the world, save the world by myself. 
Um, but I think all of us together, holding different viewpoints and raising the vibe, will definitely change the planet. Beautiful. And all of those things, you know, when you're coming to a space where the whole world seems to be coming at you and uh, leaving you with no space inside, you know, none of that space. You're thinking about depression and life and how it should be and how it could be and gender and all of these things just kind of swirling around leaving no internal space. So when you bend a spoon, I discovered this, you really have to have that internal space. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if only for that moment, you need to be at peace with yourself yeah. at the moment. But yes, obviously you want to accomplish something. You're holding a spoon, you want to bend it. But you're also at ease with how yes. it is now and how it's in 10 minutes. Yes. And, you know, when I look back, you know, you were talking about depression and what happened in, in your past. Um, looking back on a, a, a diagnosis of cancer and then coming to a decision where, you know what, I'm not going to take the traditional route. I'm not going to do that. But then being okay and at peace with it, because what ends up happening is you start having thoughts of, did I do the right thing? Am I on the right path? Maybe I should do that. You start second guessing yourself. But when you come into the space of bending the spoon, you know, I, I come to that space where I'm, I'm at one with the molecules. And then all of a sudden, I just know it's time to bend it. It's like this automatic knowing that comes the human part, you know, like you said, don't get Denny completely out of the way, but my human knows, okay, it's time to do something. And then boom, it does it without any doubt or wondering or worry. You're just in the moment and it's done. So that's a really beautiful space to be in discovering um, your power. It's really discovering your power. Yeah, it is. And and discovering, um, you know, when you're in that moment, you are in awareness. And awareness is very powerful. And it is what's come, you know, it's like the, the all of us is encompassed in that awareness. And that part, that version of ourself or that seed of ourself um, isn't worried about outcomes and um results and whatever and like nothing in that sense is wrong and nothing is a worry because we're greater than that we're not our emotions we really are not our bodies I mean, we're in our bodies uh, but we are something much greater and so you can bring something much greater to make your decisions to get through your day to to make different choices Yes, exactly. And I love how you said we are not our emotions. And that's one thing that, that I teach is emotions are energy in motion. And so anything that is in movement is not really the true you. The true you is the expansive awareness that you talked about, this awareness that has substance and um clarity and understanding and all of these things and ability to bend a spoon 
you know, this awareness mm-hmm. that you talk about. And so when you're working, you mentioned that you work with clients and that you offer some things. When you're working with clients and, and trying to connect to this space and, and using a, a spoon, talk us through um, how you've worked with clients who have maybe overcome something bending a spoon. Um, okay, who, so people who have or who haven't bent a spoon? Yes, people, people who have worked with, yes, and what right. they were struggling with and what they've overcome with the help of being able to use mm-hmm. this larger part to bend a spoon right. and change their life. Yeah, well, there's a few things that I think are kind of universal when I work with somebody and they bend a spoon is there's usually self-doubt and lack of confidence that we just mostly all of us carry around that stops us in lots of circumstances in our life. So working with a spoon, bending a spoon, doing something you just thought was impossible a moment ago, and now you're doing it, um, the idea is that we then translate that into like, look, that was you. It wasn't magic. You know, you didn't have to um, go on a fast for 30 days or meditate in a cave for a year in order to accomplish that, it is maybe not your everyday sort of egoic you, but it is intrinsically you, and you bring that spoon bender moment or mentality with you into whatever you want to do. So uh, people are, are able to now finally get on that book that they wanted to write that they were too critical of themselves to face before, or it seemed too daunting a task. Um, I've had uh, one woman bent her spoon and she just, she was so excited. She actually bent it in front of her family for the first time, which I thought was also very brave of her. Um, And then she just felt like I could take on the world. There's nothing that's going to stop me now. And so it's not, I'm going to go out and bend every spoon I find. It's like, I'm going to go out into my world and into my life and my business. And I'm going to make the changes and take the actions that I've wanted to, maybe I was doing, but I was kind of timid or maybe I was afraid to do. So it's, it's permission in a sense and this sense of accomplishment that can be transferred or not even transferred. You, you start to cultivate it in your life and bring it with you wherever you go. I like how you use the word cultivated because, you know, with this, with this self-doubt and lack of confidence that a lot of people might start out with, that itself was cultivated within. And so a lot of times we're shown, you know, how your self-doubt and lack of confidence is, is actually a trigger for your fail. You know, it's like your self-doubt and being able to bend the spoon. Guess what? You're not going to be able to bend the spoon, right? And so... Um, right. Working on that self-doubt, you mentioned something really, really important, how you talked about you have an egoic you and then you have an intrinsic you. So it's like there's more than one possibility within us. So and I teach that as a human, there's the human part of us our bodies, our thoughts, our experiences, all the things that are moving and changing. And then there's the being part of us, the stability, the stillness, the expansive, unlimited, timeless that we are. And I, I feel like, you know, when I was in the process of doing that exercise of bending the spoon, 
I really felt that self-doubt coming in and that lack of confidence coming in when I was, well, when the human side of me, I should say, was attempting to bend the spoon with the human part of me. And I couldn't let any of that self-doubt or lack of confidence in to bend that spoon. And so that's a wonderful place to start. And I think you're right. This definitely is universal when a lot of people are looking for that um, guidance. And a lot of times guidance just means, hey, you can do this. And then starting them with something that they can do. I just love this. And so you mentioned a little bit before that um, you struggled with deep depression for most of your life. So can you talk a little bit about that and how maybe you overcome some of that? Yeah. Um, well, actually a big part of, oh, well, there's uh, pharmaceuticals, right? Definitely. I, I don't promote or dispromote, but for me, uh, taking antidepressants was key. Still, that didn't get rid of all my depression or my issues. It just made things manageable, let's say. Um, the idea of I am not my emotions was a huge piece in the puzzle for me of living with depression and um, getting over depression. That uh, what is going on in my head, the things that I am saying to myself or how I'm perceiving the world, is really just that. It's, just, it's a perception and like while you were talking about, you know, the idea of cultivating that to some degree, to a large degree, these depressive thoughts and feelings are something that also had many years to cultivate and stew and ferment and brood. And I always took them as truth so that when I then was out of depression and feeling good and positive and uh, like I could, you know, just go out into the world and, and be myself and build my business or whatever, that seemed to be the falsehood because I was always falling back into the truth of depression. And one day it finally occurred to me that I was, that they, like they're both equally impressions and perceptions. And I was choosing which one was true and which one was false. And what if there's truth in both of them? And that's where I started to get a more holistic in myself kind of approach to acknowledging my feelings and saying like, okay, you know, to, to the depressed me or the one who's sort of falling into depression, what can I do? How can I help you? What do you need? Um, and then also acknowledging the part of me that feels optimistic and happy and competent and enjoying life. So, so when you talk about this, yeah, you talk about this shift you know, there was the shift from seeing your depression, your self-doubt, and, and all of these things that you've cultivated as truth, but then you shifted your perception, and now you see it as, you know, a more expanding and expounding truth. And this is so wonderful. When you, when you discovered this, did you go into that same space that you teach to bend a spoon? Is that the space you're talking about when you said you made that shift? Right. I don't know that I made the shift in there. I think it, that shift was sort of an aha moment. So I might have been in that. But it certainly allows me in general in day-to-day -day life 
to find that same sort of balance where I can be sort of in the middle. In the middle doesn't doesn't necessarily mean one spot, but where I don't have to, you know, be grasping and I don't have to be um, negating what else is going on and to find that, that place where I, it's just I am. It's the I am place and without the labels attached. Not I am this, I am that. I feel this, I feel that. It's just, it's just being in awareness, being an so observer. Yes, yeah, so that is the space that you connect to when you bend the spoon. Yes. Yeah, and the I am. Sometimes, yeah. And with clients, sometimes what it is is that even even folks I've worked with who are pretty, you know, spiritually advanced or successful in their work, you know, they don't seem to be having any huge obstacles or, or drawbacks, holdbacks. Still, when they bend the spoon is when they can see the even more subtle rules or limitations that they've got that are sort of under the radar. The way that they're still saying, well, okay, you know, I've done this, I've gotten this successful, but that's as successful as I can get. Or I'm this happy, but people don't get any happier than that. Or you can't expect that. You know, just those things that you don't realize. And so so there was one woman I worked with who was actually surprised that she couldn't bend the spoon when she first sat down with me to do it. You know, because she does shamanic work and she has done so all sort of personal growth, right? I mean, she's a, a healer and a, a strong, conscious woman, and that's all true. And still there was a place, you know, where she was coming up against her own impediments, let's say, uh, or obstacle. And it sparked something in her. It was an awakening for her to realize that and to, to take that into her her life and her work, to realize, you know, oh, where am I? Where am I holding back? Where am I thinking I can't get any further? Or that it's hard when it could be easy? That's wonderful. And, you know, um, I teach that, you know, you are the genie in the bottle, and the bottle is the human form that you are, and then the genie is the being. And a lot of times when our human form, we put on these thoughts and ideas of what should be and what could be and what could have and what should have and all of these things that we we kind of mask over ourselves and hide or I want to say suppress or hide or uh, bury underneath all of those ideas and stuff and I can totally relate to your client who you know has had spiritual experience and has and is a healer and stuff like that because when I sat down Tuesday night and Wednesday night and Thursday night and nothing was happening, I realized that I had expectations, I have thoughts, I have doubts, I have all of these things that were trying to come in while I was been trying to bend the spoon and not letting the energy do it. I, you know, like you said, I had to kind of step to the side Mm-hmm. And allow the energy to do it. And sometimes we're so programmed as to how things should be and how things could be that we just can't see how we're doing those things to ourselves, that we're closing off our own power and that we're um, not allowing or giving ourselves permission to do it because we might not know how because we're so used to one way and how everybody else does it. And now here comes this lady that says, Hey, 
bend a spoon. <laughs> right. But it's so true yeah. because we can use anything in the material world to solidify what's happening in the energetic part of us. So tell me, um, Mitri, tell me what's going on right now with your Spoon Benders Cafe. What's going on there? How people can find you? Okay. Well, on Facebook, I have a group called Spoon Benders Cafe Group. And you can find me there, and I encourage anybody to join me and the rest of us. Uh, the idea is that it's a place to uh, talk about these things, you know, share insights, ask questions, uh, look at other ways and things in the world that are um, possibilities that we wouldn't normally entertain, you know, how to open up our minds to ease and possibility. And uh, so... I'm going to be uh, doing more Facebook Lives there and short trainings. And I'm just, I'm available at pretty much any time to answer any questions or have some discussion with people about this, about the spoon bending, but more about the life bending and about really, it's really about getting to know the true, the you, the you that can be, the you that is innately existing and yet buried under these labels and conditions, and how to let that you out and what that you might be capable of. So, um, so that's the community that I encourage people to join, uh, Spoonbenders Cafe group. And then I'm also working on a soon-to-be-announced um, course on life bending. So once you bent the spoon or even once you've tried to bend the spoon and it didn't work, you know, let's look at those other ways. Let's look at the teachings of that and how and where to apply that in your life, how to help yourself shift out of a mood, how to affect the long line at the restaurant that says you're going to be waiting for 40 minutes and then somehow you get in at 15 minutes. Um, and just the different ways that we accept rules and limitations and the ways that we can uh, condition ourselves not to and to ask different questions and to be curious and allow new possibilities, things that you can't even conceive of now, uh, to show up in your life. That's so, so that's, wonderful. Uh, thanks. Go ahead, uh, So I, I, I do that work one-to-one -one with people and also in groups of like live group coaching where we get to bring real life in the moment uh, struggles or difficulties that we're having and work on them right there and apply the spoon bending mentality and I teach other tools and points of view and find ways to just eliminate the barriers. And those barriers, it's so interesting, those barriers are within ourselves. You know, it's like I am the one being rigid, not the spoon. You know, right. once I right. understand how I'm the one being rigid and, and once I understand that, you know, it's my ego that really wants this or it's my um, self-doubt or lack of confidence that's keeping the spoon from bending. It's keeping the spoon rigid. And this is how we make our lives rigid. It's so wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then once, once I was able to like really connect with the spoon and it just bent, I had a feeling of, being able to accomplish anything, you know, but then right. the mind will come in. It's like, well, you probably wouldn't be able to do that again, or probably take you another five or six days to bend another spoon. You know, you start having 
those habitual uh, cultivated, trained thoughts that start to come in. I caught on to that right away, right after I bent the spoon. It's like, whoa, all of this stuff was coming that was already within me and revealing itself and showing how I'm the one being rigid. And I just love that and how, how you can analyze your life and how you can bend even um, easier, be more flexible in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the spoon. That is so wonderful. And I love how you said, you know, just applying it to everyday life. You know, you go to a restaurant and they say it's an hour wait. I actually experienced this. I went to, we went to this popular restaurant in town, you know, and it was, they said an hour and 15 minute wait. And my husband and I just looked at each other and I said, I I said a little thought in my mind as I took the little uh, buzzer, I'll see you in 15 Mm -hmm. minutes. And I told my husband, I'm like, yeah, we'll be seated in 15 minutes. And he's like, they said an hour and 15 minutes, honey. (laughs) So (laughs) I felt that, I felt that spoon bending place. I felt that flexibility where life can bend and anything can happen within that space. Sure enough, 15 minutes later, our little going off and everybody else who was around us is still waiting for their table. He's like, how did we just get sat? I'm like, I don't know. It's in that space. I didn't do anything. I wasn't the one who did it. It's a perfect encapsulation of what it's all about. Like even when your husband said like, no, they said something else because we're always going by. Yeah, they said, they said this, they said that. And so, you know, I say, I can go do that. And then people are like, yeah, no, you can't do that. You get caught in, you know, public opinion and uh, sort of collective consciousness of what we've decided can and can't be done. And instead of, you know, saying like, oh, I guess you're right. What am I thinking? You know, you just stuck with your open moment of wanting something and yet not. I mean, I didn't hear you say. And then, you know, when he said that, I felt like I better get this right or else, you know, there was, I didn't hear any of that sort of pressure, you know, to have to accomplish it. You just thought it, thought it my went with it. Yeah. And so every time I bend a spoon, I'm practicing that. I'm practicing that ability. I'm becoming more familiar with how that feels in my body, you know, or what goes on in my mind. And it's easier to step into that space at will, like you did with the restaurant example. Yes, and that space is, you know, we can't see it, touch it, hear it, smell it, taste it. We can't use our five senses to detect it. And so others, if they can't use their five senses, they'll say it's not true. But once you've bent that spoon and you've experienced it, that's the thing. If somebody can tell you their experience, all up and down every day and they can tell you about, but if you have never experienced it, it's just a story. It's just a possibility until you experience then that's reality. When you shift into that space, this is where reality is birthed from that space. Absolutely. I love it. Go ahead, darling. Um, yeah, what was, oh, right, about it not being from your five senses. And I agree that you're sort of bringing it in from somewhere else or, or from some other level of awareness and, and energy perception. Again, what the spoon bending has helped me do is notice 
that there are some physical cues for me when I'm in that space or going into that space. Even years ago, when I was sort of bemoaning that all the people around me were psychic and could see auras and all this stuff, and I didn't, what I was getting or didn't think I was getting anything, somewhere along the way, I noticed that uh, just along the top of my head, I would feel like tingling when I was about to say something that seemed like maybe it wasn't coming, you know, directly from my ego mind. And I started to recognize that and correlate that I was usually sort of bringing in from my higher self uh, some awareness or some truth, and my body would sort of concur by giving me this, like, tingling sensation. And so the same thing, you know, when I bend a spoon, there's, I can't really describe it. It's as if there's an internal me who sort of sits up straight and just gets into alignment. But I can almost, I feel it internally. And so how to bring the unseen and unfelt um, and unnoticed in those ways of our greater self to um, be translated a little bit into human body, human form. Exactly. Yes. You're the, our, my form is like the temple or the glove for the being. Yeah, exactly. And when, when we're in form and the five senses being so powerful, when I'm able to kind of, I want to say step back or transcend, transcend, if you will, uh, my body, my senses, I have to turn my awareness inside to go inside and create mm-hmm. this larger space. And it's this larger space, the larger part of us, the more powerful part of us. Um, this is where our power is. It's not in the human. It's not in who we think we are, who we think, why we, we think we're here or any other reason. Um, I just had somebody call in. Um, is it okay that we kind of see? I'm going to go ahead and bring this caller in. Is that okay, Nisei? Oh, great. Right. Perfect. So a caller that's calling in. I'm going to bring you on. Hey, welcome Hello, to the show. Started. Thank you for calling in. Hello. I just started listening, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. All right. About. We are talking about spoon bending and how spoon bending can change your life. Thank you for listening in. Okay, like so truly. we have a yes, spoon bending, exactly. So, Miche, we have a few more minutes, and um, if you're coming on in, we are talking about how bending a spoon can change your life. And when you're bending a spoon, it's really not the human or the person that is bending the spoon, because believe me, I tried. I tried, my, my person tried bending the spoon, and it took several attempts to kind of get the person out of the way and allow the expansive, the genie, the being, if you will, to do that bending and how this can apply to your life. So if we're going through life and we're running into frustrations and some doubts and some fears and maybe experiencing some panic or anxiety or depression and learning how to bend a spoon. Tell me, Nietzsche, how can this affect someone who is on a path like this in a space where they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. How can bending a spoon help my life? Right. Well, the first thing that it can do 
is um, when you pick up the spoon and you first think you're going to bend it, you're going to start hearing what you're telling yourself, which a lot of people don't notice. We're always talking to ourselves. We've always got this inner critic, uh, most of us, some of us, you know, uh, more harshly than others. And when you pick up the spoon and you hear what you're saying to yourself about how it will work or how it won't work or everybody knows this or that, you become more aware of that. And once you're aware of what you're telling yourself, you could start working at not telling yourself those things or just even setting that aside. I mean, what I tell people is that you don't have to believe that you're going to bend a spoon. You just need to set your, uh, your, set your criticisms and your beliefs that you can't aside. Just let them sort of sit over on the side and to find that quiet place within you. So that quiet place within you where you can bend a spoon is also the powerful place in you to make decisions from or to observe the world around you from uh, without the, the fears and the rules and the worries of the personality. So we're, we're in our awareness in that moment and we are very much connected with our greater self. So uh, bending a spoon, when you bend a spoon, it's a tangible proof that you just went from, I can't do that, to, oh, my God, look what I just did. You know, and even a lot of people, they'll bend the spoon and then immediately disbelieve. What, you know, oh, well, it must have been a really soft spoon or that must have been a, you know, a, a bad part of the spoon and that's why it bent there. And we want to keep what happened within our framework of everyday reality. And the spoon bending the spoon and allowing that to be true forces you to step out of that everyday rule book of how reality works. Love that. And uh, so it's an entryway to changing all sorts of things of how you believe, how you feel. Uh, like even I was saying before, you're not your emotions. Okay, but do we really know that? I mean, I can say that, but for years it certainly didn't feel that way. But as you start to think that or play with that, you do discover that you are not your emotions, that you are you, you're in awareness, having emotions, which gives you just a little tiny breathing room between you and your emotions, which allows exactly. you to maybe create a little more space, you know? And so same thing like um, with the spoon bending, that you're creating a little gap of curiosity and wonder where you don't really know what the outcome is going to be, partly because you're not assuming that you know, and you're not assuming that everybody else told you that this is what it's going to be, so this is what it's going to be. Very and, nice. And, and find, find a new way. You said something that really is important because a lot of people that start working with me, and it sounds like a lot of people that will start working with you, they're unaware they're unaware of their own thought processes. They're unaware of their own emotions and how if they do become emotional, they become the emotion. They are the emotion. So I think one of the, the things that we both do is bring awareness to what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're saying to yourself, how you're cultivating your own thought garden, if you will, what you're feeding your mind, mm -hmm. even what you're feeding your body has an effect on um, our emotions, our hormones, and how our body is reactive to certain things. So I uh, 
a lot of my clients will come to me and in this same kind of framework, if you will, there's no awareness. And when you're, you're absolutely right. Cause as soon as I started with the spoon, I very much became aware of how the mind really wanted it. You know, obviously mm-hmm. I'm not my mind. If I was my mind, maybe I wouldn't have become aware of how the mind really wanted it. So there was already right. that awareness there. So one of the first steps I feel in, in anybody on this spiritual journey and whether or not you can be flexible enough to use spoon bending to, you know, bend your life, bending your spoon and becoming aware is key. With awareness comes change. And so when you mm-hmm. talk about become aware of what you're telling yourself, what kind of thoughts are you telling yourself every single day? Every single day of our life being here, uh, we're bending spoons all the time, you know, and Mm -hmm. coming into the space and doing things that, you know, somebody else might say only a superhero could accomplish that. And yet you were the one who accomplished it. So we're all coming, I think, to this wonderful um, awareness or awakening to you talked about inner space this space inside that bending a spoon creates. We're talking about increasing and becoming more awareness and becoming light and becoming love and opening up and allowing. It's so wonderful. So Miche, darling, we have about eight minutes left. I would love for um, you to tell us uh, I know you mentioned a little bit that you have some programs. What are you working on right now for us? Uh, well, right now I'm setting up a 14-day life-bending program. So it's sort of, you know, what do you do after spoon bending is you learn to, to bend your life. And so for 14 days, you will get my personal support, uh, four days each week of live coaching in the group where, uh, like I was saying before, you can, you know, bring whatever's up for you or whatever's been, you've been stuck on for all your life or for the last week. And we can work on it um, right there and, and bring the spoon bender philosophies there and also bring other, there's so many other ways and tools to sort of disengage from the belief systems of your belief systems and, you know, belief system at large. So we'll be doing that on a daily basis I will be sending uh, emails, supportive emails, that uh, just sharing other people's teachings and other ideas and uh, what people have been capable of, what's possible that we don't normally know about. There'll be a Facebook community uh, where people can really dig even deeper and get support from each other with this and talk about how it's going, what's hard, what's great, what you know, what amazing thing happened. Um, it's important to be seen when we're doing this. You know, we're having new experiences. It's so easy to slip back into like what everybody thinks is true. And so when you're doing this, it's really important. It's wonderful to have somebody who can just be there and like, I see you. I see this change. I see what just happened. I recognize that, you know, and I'm going to hold that truth with you. So, so there's, there's that component of it. And um, it's just, you know, we can dig as deep as people are ready to go. Um, I believe that we're divine beings here to have a human experience. And the idea is not to reject our human experience or our humanity, but how to really fully bring in 
like how to live a spirit or soul-driven life so that our ego isn't the driver, right? Our higher self is sort of what's guiding or, or leading, and we're still bringing our human suits and our human awareness and our personalities along because otherwise why are we down here is my opinion, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah. I so, love that you say disengage from belief systems. And so many of us have belief systems that no longer serve us and yet we're holding on to those, you know, that is so wonderful that you, you talk about how to disengage, not suppress, because I know that um, I have a program where we mm-hmm. don't suppress, we actually take a look at, and I love that you're actually taking mm-hmm. a look at what's going on, what programs are running in the background, what's driving you, because for many of us, it's definitely not our being that's driving us, it's more... Mm-hmm ego that is driving us but to disengage from these belief systems that are running programs in the background and then we recreate or uh, really create new programs and belief systems to move us forward and I know that for me um, I when I was going through my spiritual awakening there were so many things where I'm just like I can't put words to what I'm experiencing. And so it really does help to have a group of like-minded people where somebody say, oh my gosh, I experienced this, this, and this, and this, and this, and they're telling their experience. And then all of a sudden you now have words to put to your experience and you feel seen and you feel validated and you feel accepted. And this is such a very important part of our healing process on this journey, whether you're learning how to bend a spoon or you're learning how to just stay as the being, um, disengaging from these belief systems is very huge. So darling, Mm -hmm. we have about four minutes left. This hour has just completely (laughs) flown. I mean, we were a little nervous, you know, but this hour just flew. And I just want to thank you for being on our podcast and I definitely would love to have you back um, from the Spoon Benders Cafe and, and some more stories about spoon bending and how spoon bending has changed the lives of people who who are open to this because, you know, when you can't see, feel, touch, hear, taste what we're talking about, it's hard to wrap your mind around it, isn't it? Right. It's something. It's something to be experienced. Even just the attempt of it is something to be experienced. What I just realized uh, that I haven't mentioned, which is I think where you came into the spoon bending circle, is that I've got a three-day, three-part introduction to spoon bending that is uh, available in my group. It's free, uh, you know, and it's on demand, so you can do it any time. But a lot of people just recently have gone through that, and majority of people have manage to bend the spoon as they go through that and also learn a lot of these concepts where I'm talking about them more you become uh, more familiar with them. I love that. So I Check out the everybody. Three-day, absolutely. Check out the three-day introduction to spoon bending in your group. Now, this group, they will have to be, um, uh, they have to join and be accepted into the group, correct? Right. Yep. Okay. So, so it's all a I private have to group. do is find me and, and request to join and I'd be happy to let them in and welcome them. Excellent. I'm going to check out that three-day um, spoon bending uh, workshop because I haven't checked that out yet. <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that out. Oh. oh, yeah. Okay. Right. 
Yeah, I got some one-on-one attention from you. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, I have time in the group that anybody who, who, you know, checks this out and, um, you know, wants to take it a little further or is having trouble uh, getting to their their spot, uh, I'm happy to just, you know, hop on a short call and, and see how I can help you get there. Very cool. So we have been talking with Miche Meisner of the Spoonbenders Cafe. You can learn more about Miche from SpoonbendersCafe.com. Check out the blog there and also their group on Facebook. Uh, it is a private group, so you will have to ask to join. I so appreciate you being on today. Uh, I am Denny Van with Heartfelt Awakening. We are all about aligning body, breath, and spirit. And thank you so much for listening today. And if you have any questions at all, shoot me off an email at Denny at HeartfeltAwakening.com. I am here for you. Be blessed. Nice. Thank you for having me.